For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online. I am Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn. We are your host and resource for everything Celtics this NBA season. Gary, how are you feeling, brother? Very good, man. How you, how you doing? Everything's good. Uh, obviously, uh, season's kicking in. A lot of intriguing stories, and the Celtics are, well, off to the start that they had talked about, Warren. As we, as we know, they said they wanted to get off to a hot start. They said they wanted to jump on uh, – the, the teams and get a get a start building some victories early and it will help them in the long run and that's exactly what they've done eight in a row yes sir eight games in a row um looking extremely extremely well polished getting great contributions across the board bench guys and all even with the guys missing some games here and there and we'll obviously get into all of those things but you know how we do like to warm things up here on believe in celtics and you know because gary and i both have a love for the general nba but we kind of just kind of like to discuss what's happening around the league kind of at large and then we'll obviously get into our our celtic specific conversation so gary from my standpoint last time we had a little conversation a little about uh about the brooklyn nets and all the the drama and vitriol going on there Things I wouldn't say have subsided, but they've moved away from the Yudoka conversation and all that. So we won't even talk about that right now. We'll, we won't even talk about the Eastern Conference. Let's let's flip over to the West and let's talk about the team the Celtics played in the NBA Finals, who seem to be having a little bit of trouble getting their mm-hmm. mojo back right yeah. here. Not off to the hot start that you would have expected. Yeah. Curry is lighting the world on fire, but yeah. the team defensively can't get stops. Kerr comes out and says, you know, it's played around basketball the whole night. Just what has been your your perspective as you talk with colleagues and things around the league about what's been going on with the Golden State Warriors, the team the Boston Celtics played in the NBA Finals this past summer? Yeah, Warren, I mean, you know, you could easily call it like the NBA Finals hangover. Like, you know what? They win. They don't care what seed they are as long as they're getting into the tournament. They put it together. That's exactly what happened last year where everyone was talking about Phoenix and maybe Dallas and maybe Memphis as a sleeper or whatever, and the Warriors just kind of snuck up. They were able to avoid the Suns, um, and they took care of business, and then 
you know, they were on the brink against the Celtics, and then they they flipped the switch and won the last three games and won that 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 fourth championship. Um, the way I look at it is, I think it's a hangover, but also, you know, Father Time is starting to knock on the door a little bit. You know, he's not. You know, uh, he's in their GPS. He 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 might not be quite there yet. But you know, it's like when you're Uber driver and, and it gives you that warning. He's a few he's a few minutes away, and you get your stuff together because Father Time is going to come and, and pay a visit. So I think I think they expected more out of obviously Clay Thompson. I think Jordan Poole uh, signed that big contract extension and also the punch. You know, obviously from Draymond Green, they just haven't had a guy step up. And then I think they truly believed that Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody were ready to take that next step. Because if you look at it, you know, Warren, they, they, they've done everything they can to prepare for life after, right? They, yeah. they got pulled. They stole him in the first round. They were able to swindle a couple of first-rounders from Minnesota and the D'Angelo Russell deal to get Kaminga, Moody, and, and, and Wiseman. So they have done exactly what you're supposed to do to build for the future and and prepare things that you know we can we're, you know we can talk about the Celtics. The Celtics tried to do 30 years ago and they drafted Lynn Bias and they they wanted to get young and then all of a sudden they got old and fell off a cliff, right? Yeah. Um, they, they 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 suffered for 10 to 15 years after Bird, McHale, and Parrish. The Warriors, obviously, I mean that's old history, but you know they don't want to get old and then go back to being the the, the warriors of the early two, you know, the two thousands and the, the the warriors that people just forgot about. They want to be significant, and I think that they were really relying on their young core to come in and and give Curry and a break. And they're not. Poole is not having a good season. He's up and down. You know, thirty six points last week, then two points against the Suns. Uh, Draymond's being Draymond, but he's not being as impactful. Clay is frustrated because, you know, he felt like he should be better. So, I mean, the question is, I think now, unless they make a remarkable run, Warren, I think we're going to assume, okay, the Warriors are not going to be the number one seed, right? Unless they really, I mean, it, it, it could happen. You know, they run off, you know, 10 of 11 or run, run off. They're going to be in that middle four or five thing that we're looking at because the West is too damn good. You got the Memphis and you got the Dallas and now you got Portland who suddenly become a factor. Phoenix has become a factor. Sacramento starting to play well. Like, like the, the West is going to be a, 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 just a complete, uh, you know, monster race for a, a lot of teams. There's no dominant team. I think we can kind of decide on that. There's no team pounded everybody, but everybody's kind of beating each other. So, I think the Warriors have plenty of time to fork it out, right? Plenty, I mean, 70 games, right? Yeah. Um, but they got to get guys playing well. And the, sending Wiseman to the G League, I thought was, I mean, a real discouraging step, Warren. I mean, you know, hey, let him get his – he spent all last year out, get a meniscus. You know, he didn't tear an ACL. He tore a meniscus, okay? So not a, as extensive of an injury. But they are the Warriors, okay, stay out, get yourself together, play summer league. By the time you come back, you're going to be ready to kick butt. You're going to be ready to take the minutes from Looney, you know, because Looney doesn't have that athleticism, doesn't run the floor as well. 
and all of a sudden Wiseman kind of uh, spits on himself a little bit. Just just doesn't have it. So I think that's a really discouraging sign. Remember, as you know, they could have had LaMelo Ball. You just think of LaMelo Ball being on that team instead of Wiseman because Wiseman was supposed to Wiseman was supposed to be the big that was going to complete them. Like, you know, Looney, they like Looney. Looney does all the little things. But Looney's not a great athlete. He's never has been. He's not a great offensive player. He's just, a, you know, kind of a workman-like kind of guy, you know, meat and potato center. Wiseman was supposed to be the guy who was going to be the next superstar, right? Number two pick out of Memphis, you know, just had all this hype out of high school. And so – more, I think the, the Warriors are just going through problems, problems that they didn't expect. Now, the Celtics last year had those same, not the same type of problem, but had problems, and they got it together. I think this veteran crew gets it together, but I think it's getting to the point where Kerr and those guys know, okay, the window is closing here. And so a lot of issues up there in the Bay Area, Warren, and um, I think they'll get it together. But I think this is probably the last run. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It is um, a little discouraging. And I love your your earlier reference, you know, the Uber driver, Father Time, basically ready to kind of maybe <laughs> carry them off. But I'm sure, as you alluded to, we'll see a great run from, the, from them at some point this season. Um, they'll be in the playoffs. I don't think there's anything really to worry about that. They'll write they'll the ship. Um, I, one of the concerns I had, I said on another show, is that in the short term, nobody's really run away with it. It's too early maybe to, to say that you can run away in the West anyway, perhaps. Um, but I feel like there's still plenty of time for the Warriors to get the proverbial act in order um, and, and be right there. But again, I think that number one seed is probably out of the running. You know, That's if we were thing, to, to get that. I mean, if you look at the West, I mean, remember, we're, remember when Minnesota got Gobert and everybody, oh, Minnesota's going to be a fat, oh, here come the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves <laughs> are what, you know, six and nine. I mean, they're, they're the same old Timberwolves. There's a lot of been a lot of disappointments in the West. The Lakers. I'm not saying the Lakers were gonna. We all knew they probably were gonna win the West. But I think people thought the Lakers would be, you know, seven and five, a decent club with AD back and uh, healthy and LeBron and, and Westbrook. And obviously they've been a, a complete train wreck. You know, so you're right. Like the West, they're all beating each other up, yeah. and no, and they all have the, the probably the teams that they don't play very well against. Obviously, like the Suns have already beaten the Warriors twice, uh, but the Suns have lost to the Blazers three times, I believe. I, I believe so. It, it, it's it, it, the West, like you said. The good thing for the Warriors is that no one's running away with it, so they got plenty of time to get get it together and get a fifth seed, a fourth seed, home home court advantage in the first round, and try to beat these teams with experience. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So before we move on to our Celtics specific stuff, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, I just feel like I want to have a little bit of fun. Is Boston in any way looking over, you know, in the West and seeing Golden State struggles and not necessarily taking joy in it per se, but just like, hmm, you know, just kind of like, have they taken notice in any capacity at all? Or are they just kind of focused on what they have going on, especially amidst this winning streak? Well, I think they've noticed, but I think one, they understand the regular season doesn't mean anything. They 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 play next month in Golden State. It's, it's one of those ABC Saturday night contests. I think the first one of the season, Warren, um, kind of when football season starts to wind down, and but and, 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 and NBA season starts to kind of get on the radar a little bit. 
And, you know, they could win that game by 30 points. It doesn't give them the championship back. It doesn't mean, mean you know what I'm saying? I think they think it's a di- they know it's a different team. And, and last year they didn't get it done. So I don't think they're looking at the Warriors like, aha, you know, that's what you get. Or, <laughs> you know, see what happens. But I do think they're, they, they, have, they have whoever in the West in their radar. Right now they're just, I think, locked in on themselves. And, and they're mad. They're mad about last. They're still mad, understandably, about losing in the finals last year. Mad about having to work so hard to get to the finals last year. Mad about losing games that were winnable. Things like that. Um, and they're taking advantage, full advantage of the opportunity. Two, only three losses, two in overtime to Cleveland, and one like you, you could say, quote unquote, legit loss where they just didn't play well at Chicago. But uh, as of now, um, I think they're worried about themselves, and I think in, in the in kind of in that you know periphery, they're looking at the West. Makes a lot of sense. So we'll definitely have more to come on, you know, the Celtics rivalry. And then obviously as they prepare for that game against Golden State next month, as Gary alluded to, in the meantime, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, you know, get, before we get to Gina time, do some plugs. Make sure, again, you're f- following us on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA, following him at G Washburn Globe. And don't forget that our show is brought to you by Bet Online. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the other side of that break with our Geno time. We'll dive into a little bit of this eight-game winning streak the Celtics are, are sporting and the week ahead coming up here on Believe in Celtics. And on this week's edition of Geno time, we are diving into the Celtics' eight-game winning streak. Things have been looking masterfully great for, for Boston. Joe Mozilla seems to have the pulse of this team. Uh, bench guys are chipping in. Brogdon went down. Pritchard was like, don't worry, I got you. Sam Hauser out here shooting the lights out of the basketball. Celtics defense looking a little bit better as well, too. Up to 17th overall, 10th overall in defensive rating in this eight-game winning streak. Still, though, this offense has been absolutely amazing. Uh, that's where we're going to start. We'll obviously need to get into the defense a little bit as well, too. But Gary, just... Why? Why has the offense just been so just so damn good? Obviously, the three-point shooting has been a big part of it, but you know what has Missoula done to tweak this offense to be the league's best to this point of the season? Well, Warren, I think that they're just putting guys in the right place to succeed. Um, they're shooting, they're getting open threes, they're shooting open threes, and they're making open threes. I thought that a, a critical thing happened this week was the win over Oklahoma City where they didn't shoot the ball well from the outside and they were still able to hold on and win and score 126 points. So I think the Celtics don't want to be that team that only plays well when they're hitting threes. There are going to be times where they struggle. It wasn't the – they didn't struggle against Atlanta. They were, they were, they were, they were hot and, and they blew out the Hawks. But I thought that game against Oklahoma City was, was very important, okay, because – on a night where the Thunder played really well, mostly uh, until the fourth quarter where they kind of broke down. And if we look at the Thunder, they're not – they're no slouches. Uh, yeah. They won at New York, and they just won at Washington. Shea Gills-Alexander has uh, got a first-class ticket to the All-Star game. I'm, I'll be shocked if he wasn't uh, on, on the Western Conference or now whatever it is, the LeBron team or the Giannis <laughs> team or whatever. Uh, as we know, it's a little different now. But um, – I'd be shocked because he's playing well. So I thought that they've just been able to find ways to score, even without Robert Williams in the paint. Um, they hit threes. Tatum has taken the ball to the rim, I think, a little bit more, not settle for threes. 
Uh, sometimes he'll fall in love with trying to get going from three. I think uh, you saw the Atlanta game last night or, you know, Wednesday night. He was literally just trying to get himself going like Tatum, Jason, take the ball to the basket, like get to the free throw line, get a little short jumper. But he kept trying to get himself going from the three point line. It didn't quite work. But the other weapons, Derek White is having a tremendous season so far. I mean, the guy he has become the guy that they thought that they got last year. Um, that's the thing. I thought if they get this Derek White, Warren, I think they probably win the finals. Um, you know, he's playing with a lot of confidence. I mean, I know, you know, the talk, well, if I get a full training camp and then, you know, as, as a, a sports pundits, we say, yeah, whatever, man. Like, what does that do? You know, either you put the ball in the basket or you don't, you know, and for some guys having comfort, confidence, having a full training camp means a lot. You know, and I and I so I think that that was very beneficial for Derek White. I thought maybe okay, he just isn't that good. Maybe he's just not the guy. You know, maybe those years in San Antonio playing a lot of games that probably didn't mean a whole lot, not making the playoffs. He put up some numbers, but he is doing it on the big level, on the high level. Marcus Smart is 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 calming down a little bit. You know, not chucking up a bunch of threes, using his post game. Again, I'll bring up that Oklahoma City game, Warren, like. 20 points in the second half on one, but he hit one three. Usually mm-hmm. when Marcus scores over 20, he's hit th- four to five because he takes a lot of threes. This on this night, he calmed down from the three and was like, you know what? I'm going to take my man in the paint because they're going to have to double me. If they single me when Tatum and Brown are on the floor, it's barbecue. Shaq said it's barbecue chicken. Um, I'm going to take my, you know, he's got the size. Even, even Dort, you know, Dort's a big guy for Oklahoma City. He took him to the post and scored. Alexander took him to the side and scored. Any guard, they can't handle Marcus in the paint. And I think that's a huge development for his game and for the team is his ability to score in the post and a little left-handed hook. He's cra- he's become crafty. Instead of the firing away the three ball, okay, Marcus, you're never going to be a 40% three-point shooter. If you, if you hit 35, that's good. That's a good percentage for you. That's a, you know, you're never going to be that elite. But so you you take them on occasion, you take them when you're open. But if you can score in the paint, you can take the double or score in single coverage. That just makes it so much easier. So I just think guys are just doing their roles. Sam Hauser has been that shooter they have sought since Eddie House, the guy who you can't leave him alone. They have not had that guy. They thought they had that guy. They drafted Aaron Neesmith to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. They've had guys come through Boston over the years. And, and with reputations of being that knockdown three-point shooter, that guy you can't leave alone. Well, Hauser is the guy, and he's only 24. They took last year. They developed him. I think they learned from letting Max Struess go to Miami. He was in their program. They chose to kind of take Javante Green over him for the roster and then, you know, uh, bring Taco Fall back for another year in a G League team or the two-way contract. So they see what Struess developed, and they said, okay, Sometimes, as you know, Warren, shooters develop. They take time. Yeah. They take time to get their spotting, their confidence, their footing together, their, you know, their release, all that at the highest level. And Hauser took last year, only played 13 games, took last year to develop. This year, wow, that knockdown shooter that now teams are like, okay, we've got, we can't leave him alone. You put him on the floor with Tatum, well, somebody's got to get doubled, right? Tatum or Brown. If not, it's barbecue chicken for them. So I just think the options are, have been so much better than in years past. 
and guys are fulfilling and flourishing and starring in their roles. Malcolm Brogdon, when he's on the floor, is doing well. You know, Luke Cornett, what can we do? What, what yeah, we, we were writing him off like, just a couple of weeks ago. Thought he might have been out of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, you know, Vonley tried. Vonley can't, you know, like I think Vonley's Vonley get get two, two fouls walking and checking his stuff into the <laughs> arena. I mean, he just can't say he's just that he's just that guy. And I think maybe, you know, it's just who he is. You know, he just can't stay out of fact. It was like Daniel Tice, you know, Daniel Tice, you know, entered the game with two fouls. He just couldn't couldn't stay out of foul trouble, couldn't couldn't ever really finish games uh, mostly because he was always in foul trouble. I think that's Vonley. I think Cornette plays a smarter game, a less physical game, not as aggressive in terms of using his big body. And, and you know, you look at you look at uh, Vonley, big grown man there, you know, just a, a dude who's, you know, so he touches you, you're going to you're going to fall or, you know, he bumps into you. It's going to be a it's going to be a block where Cornette doesn't have – he's a little bit more slight, but it also a little bit more smoother um, and just doing his role, scoring at the rim, blocking the shot, getting in the way of a rebound, maybe not getting the rebound, Warren. As you see, like, he's not a great rebounder, but he'll kind of get in the way. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Intangibles. Exactly. Yeah, he'll, the little things that don't count on the stat sheet. And I, you know, and I know that's a cliche, but, like, you know, you look at it like, well, well – you know, he knocked the ball to Tatum. You know, he didn't get the rebound, but he made sure his guy didn't get the rebound, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think when guys are starting their roles and they, they have and the stat, and now Peyton Pritchard in uh, Brogdon's absence coming off the bench and playing like Brett, he did a couple of years ago, you know, and playing making hustle plays. So I think they're in a great place right now. You know, people have always accused me over the years of being hard on the Celtics and I'm hard when they were supposed to win, and then they don't win because they're the their Celtics are supposed to win. It's like the Lakers, or you know, we're not talking about the Timberwolves or the Hornets here. We're talking about the Celtics. They're supposed to, you know, if they're going for a championship, they're supposed to play championship level ball. And this team is playing at that level. They went and wiped the floor with almost a healthy Atlanta team. Didn't have Bogdanovich, but that was it. The Celtics had two starters out and Robert Williams. You know, so they had their share of injuries, and they beat them by 25. Led the game by 30 in a time, in a place, Warren, you know, you, Atlanta to them has been a house of horrors. I mean, you know, they, they have they have blown some huge leads in Atlanta. They've, they've let, you know, the Hawks go. You know, they, they watched Trey go for 40-some points and and that type of thing. Um, last night, when it was not meant to be. Trey was, did not have that impact. They looked, Atlanta looked like, okay, we're just not, we ain't at this level yet. We just, right. yeah. As you say, there's definitely levels levels to it, as you as you alluded to. I yes, want to sir. get your point because we have a lot to cover, and I don't want to kind of like do it all in this one episode because we definitely want to get the same stuff stuff for next week. Gary, I want to ask you in this eight game winning streak, what has been the most impressive? A look at that Memphis game, you know, on the road. That's obviously impressive win. Memphis is a very very good team in the in the NBA. Yes, they're missing a couple guys, but still, Jaws playing at an MVP level again. Um, you talked about that Atlanta game you know, not having all the starters and, you know, had some guys out and they've been able to win games again with people being in and out of lineup. Ironically for me, and I definitely want to hit, hit, hit hands on this too, but you t- touched on this as well. That OKC game was impressive to me because that's a game they lose last year. Um, yes. That's the game they lose last year for sure. Especially, you know, <laughs> not the three ball, not going in. They don't find another way to just to dig it out, so to speak. Um, but for you, what's been the most impressive in the games that we've seen so far, the win that they've had? Like you said, Warren, winning in different ways and winning when they're shorthanded. That Detroit game, too, I felt mm-hmm. like 
Detroit, a desperate team, a team trying to get back on track, a back-to-back for the Celtics after a big win against the Denver Nuggets. And you can put that on the list, too, of impressive wins, just a um, – you know, uh, a, a team that's a contender in the Western Conference and the Celtics put them away in the fourth quarter, pulling away in the fourth quarter. That's the one thing, the one most impressive thing is putting teams away. Coming back against Oklahoma City, beating uh, Denver, the next night beating Detroit. Because I thought that was a tricky game against the Pistons. The Pistons had every reason to catch the Celtics off guard. The Celtics were shorthanded, no Jalen, um, you know, obviously no Brogdon. You know, and and the and the other guys helped out the Housers, the Grant Williams, the Marcus Smart. You know, and they put them away in the fourth quarter. You know, they they made the plays to say we're the better team. They didn't let a team come and get them and rally. And I just thought last year, I think you you saw it, I saw it too many times. They were up 10, 11 points with eleven minutes left. Suddenly, this league was down to five with five minutes left, and you knew. They're getting caught. They're getting caught from behind. Um, they've lost the momentum. They don't know how to execute their offense. They're slipping defensively, and then they would lose the game, or they'd have to have a heroic Marcus Smart three or Jay. You know what I'm saying? Where where they pulled out a game that they led by 12 in the fourth. That's not happening as much. The Oklahoma City game, they were dead to rights. I mean, you, you saw it. They, their energy was not there. I was there. Their energy was not there. Oklahoma City was hitting everything. Tip. Tip dunks, Gilligan Alexander take guys in the paint. Uh, the the numbers, the skinny kid. I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, uh, Pokachevsky just make, making plays. Like yeah, like you know, make it like it, it looked like. Okay, this is a this is their night. You know, they're a good young team, up and coming. They've caught the Celtics kind of a little bit tired. Third game in four nights, and the Celtics said, "Hey, no." And then Marcus took over and. Those are games that you stash in your, you know, in your win column in your bag. And in April, you look back and go, man, that really helped us. That was a right. beneficial win because I thought, I think I did the first half of last season, Warren. They literally lost, and I'm not, you know, I think 14 to 15 games in the first half of their. You know, when they went 18 and 21 or 20 and 20, like they lost 14 or 15 or something to those 18 losses were like games they could have won. They were not they were not getting blown out. They were not getting wasted. They were literally blowing fourth quarter leads. That 25 point lead at New York that kind of uh, set the tone for the turnaround where they like this can't happen anymore. And I think they've learned from that and they they are becoming a more resilient team. That's what. What Golden State did. Golden State down six in the game four. Hey, we're taking this from them. We're yeah. we're gonna win this game. That's what the Celtics have to pick up. That's what they should have learned in that series. Like great teams. Like I, I remember um, when I first covered the league in the nineties, dating myself obviously, and I covered the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers, like as, as you knew, Warren, teams like Detroit, uh, Charlotte, they're good ball. They got talent. No, no team has no team. This is not the, the the old days where some of these teams are just flat terrible. Like these teams are good enough to 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 play three and a half good quarters. And if you and, and a good team when they're off, you know when they're when they're vulnerable, will give that team a chance to build a lead and beat them. But if you don't put them away. And I used to see plenty of times Stockton Malone, some of these teams, Jordan and Pippen, 
let the Clippers play great for three and a half quarters, but they were only up eight. And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> all we need is six good minutes, and boom, they would come back and snatch it from them. And when I did the son, when I covered the Sonics, the for you young kids out there, <laughs> the, the 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 Thunder uh, front before the Thunder, I would see the same thing. You would see the veteran teams look at these young teams like Detroit, like Charlotte, and go, okay. You got a chance to beat us. We're gonna give you a chance because we tired. And then if you are still within striking distance, those guys getting that timeout with six minutes left and go, okay, let's get this one. Yeah. And that's what the Celtics are doing. They are taking games, they are playing, winning with their experience, and they've learned from last year. So the most impressive thing to me, Warren, fourth quarter finishing. I love it. I love it. You know, I date myself as well, too, you know, growing up. Um, you know, watching the Bulls a lot, ironically, and, and Doug Collins calling games. And he used to say, you know, one of the signs of a great team is a team that wins when they don't play well. And, you know, that's always stuck with me. Even I carry that into my high school career and say, even if we don't play well, we got to we got to figure out a way to do it situationally and snatch those dubs. And right now you're seeing, like you said, a, a team that's mad and seems to have learned a little bit from a season ago. And I think it's hard to just not be shell-shocked they've turned the corner. Like this is not the same team from last year, last November, last December before, you know, that Suns game on New Year's Eve or whatever it is, they've turned that corner. The NG has shifted from a long time ago, but (laughs) you're still kind of like, you know, you still a little, a little, just like you still remember those things. Um, I want to close this out here on this, you know, because again, a lot of great content to get to Um, two quick, two quick points is Tatum playing too many minutes. He's, he's, he's averaging a career high um, in minutes played, 37 a game. Jalen Brown's at 35. Um, Tatum obviously is doing the damn thing at 31 points plus. Um, but are the minutes too high? And I guess, you know, especially, you know, we have obviously said we've had some guys in and out of the lineup, but is that a concern? And is Missoula going to look to maybe taper those down a little bit um, just to kind of, hey, make sure we can save him for the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's a good point, Warren. And I do think – Maybe you like to get him at the 33, 34, maybe not 37. You know, that's a little, you know, it's not the old days where these guys are playing 40 40 and 41 minutes. Those days are gone. Okay. Now the question is, do you load manage Jason? Do you like, we've already seen what, what Milwaukee done with Giannis. You know, they went, they played Oklahoma city twice. He did not play in either game. Like they, you know, they played in San Antonio. He didn't play in that game. Like, they are kind of like targeting games, obviously against teams that they feel like they can beat without them, uh, to give Giannis a rest. Now, I don't know if Tatum – I don't think Tatum would take kindly to that. Like, obviously, he'll do what the coach says and work management and training staff say, but I don't think he's going to be like, okay, uh, give me this game and this game off. I, I just – you know, I need my rest. But I do think, Warren – They'd like to get one him some breaks, some fourth quarters off, uh, and, and and work hard enough in those first three quarters to where I think um, I can't remember the, the game last week um, where he only played like a minute and forty seconds. I remember the Chicago game where he played a minute and forty seconds in the fourth quarter. That's those are those are those are good breaks for him. I think that they're going to have to calculate getting him some breaks. Uh, Missoula is pushing these guys, you know, whatever it takes to win. That's what I'm going to play. Like, 
that's great, Joe, but it's November. Okay. Yeah, let's not Tom Thibodeau this thing, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't want your guys on fumes in April. That's the last thing you want. Because remember, Tatum and Brown are probably going to go to the All-Star game. They're going to so they're not going to get much of a break uh, you know, during it during that weekend or whatever. So you don't want them, you know, just you don't want them doing the James Harden thing where when April comes, you know, old, old, old James Harden's out a little bit out of gas from you know, playing 39 minutes and, and carrying the Rockets. So I think they do have to be aware of Tatum's minutes. Tatum, I don't think, is going to be like, um, take me out. I think he wants to play 48. Yeah. And you got to save save him from himself. But I also think you've got to manage his minutes, get him some breathers, you know. And I don't, and, and I think the thing is, Warren, also, they're not practicing a whole lot. So he's not wearing himself out at these two, you know, these Thibodeau type practices, these two and a half, three hour Pat Riley practices where guys are just, their legs are done. Like, I think they're going to practice once, I think, or I was told twice um, uh, before December 15th, you know, two full practices. The rest is shoot arounds, you know, that type of thing where you can get warmed up. So that will also save some legs. All right. Well, definitely, definitely would love to see that, you know, and hopefully it doesn't come at the sacrificing of dubs, you know, if they get some minutes and resting here. But I think they've built a, a deep enough team where they can allow some other guys to get comfortable. And the main thing here is them sharing the basketball, trusting each other and allowing others to kind of get hot and carry the wave a little bit. Last one before we get up out of here, Gary. Um, obviously, this game against New Orleans Pelicans coming up here as we record tomorrow, I guess. Um, do we feel there's anything to worry about. New Orleans is a good basketball team. Don't know if Zion's going to be in the lineup or not as of right now, um, but they still have enough. You know, Brandon New Ingram, CJ McCollum, you know, Herb Jones, uh, Trey Murphy. They just they have a they're very well coached, um, and and they have a little bit of a a little bit of a swagger to them. I think this year as well too, coming off of last year's playoff run. Um, just quick quick diagnosis. What do you think predictions for this game here against New Orleans Pelicans? And then we'll sign off. Yeah, Warren, another tough game. Tough game. Um, New Orleans giving them trouble over the years, especially down in the Big Easy. Um, and you and you, you forgot our friend Jose Alvarado. Uh, you oh, know the yeah. guy. The guy you got to watch Alvarado. Yes, sir. yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Watch your back with him because he'll steal the ball right out of your crowd of your hands. Um, they play hard. They've been a little inconsistent. Obviously, dealing with injuries, and we don't know about Zion. I think Zion was apparently getting better, but he missed uh, the last game against Memphis. But they were able to beat Memphis. Uh, pretty handily down the down stretch of fourth quarter. So dangerous game, dangerous game. And just like Atlanta game, dangerous game. Um, you got to think that Jason and Jalen will be, uh, you know, want to atone for a couple, you know, especially Jason, two consecutive not so good games so far for him. Uh, he'll want to put up a big game, but I think they've got to be careful. And according to the injury report, you know, Brogdon is probable for the game. So we could see the return of Malcolm Brogdon. And Marcus Smart is questionable. We'll see what happens. Obviously, how he probably works out Friday morning with that sore ankle. But they could have almost, obviously, with Robert Williams, almost a full squad ready to go for that game. And I think it's a game because now they got two days off after this. I think Missoula, as we talked about with minutes, Missoula probably go probably kind of hard on them yeah. <laughs> with minutes because they got two days off after this before they go to Chicago. But I think a very important game. Just want to keep it, keep the momentum going. But and don't let the the Pelicans jump on you with a with a barrage of McCullum threes and Murphy threes. They got some guys who can shoot. Trey Trey 
uh, can play some deep good defense. Uh, Herb Jones can play good defense. Uh, so dangerous in in, in Vasilunas or Val, sorry, Valentunas. Valentunas. I've always called Vasilunas. That's terrible. Not the Vaseline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, Valentunas always, you know, a threat. When hit the three ball. Yeah. Tough guy in the paint. And then, you know, obviously the Celtics don't have that legit big burly center to, to, to bang with him besides maybe a little bit of Al Horford. So uh Warren, a dangerous game. Uh that I think they 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 can eke it out, but a, a, just another tough ball game for them. Yeah, 100 percent And Valentinus is a guy who um has had a couple of big games against Boston, especially on the rebounding side as well. Um, so definitely want to try to keep him off the glass, limit New Orleans second chance points opportunities there, um, and just make sure that nobody really gets going. Ingram as well, too, with his length. When he decides to lock in defensively, he can also be a problem on that side of the basketball. But again, a winnable game, especially if Boston has everybody back. Um, but, you know, a tough stretch. So to see them at, you know, 12 and 3 here, you know, despite all the things that they've had to go through and all the teams, good teams that they've played, you know, you think you think better days are to come. Easier yeah. days, quote unquote, are to come. But as we yeah. said in our first show together, there are no easy games in the NBA. So you can't take NBA. any days off. Um, <laughs> like the Milwaukee Bucks saying, ah, we don't need Giannis versus OKC. Um, yeah. That's not Boston's way right now. Yeah. And they're going to continue to try to go out here and get things going. So um, that'll wrap it up here for this edition of Believe in Celtics. Sorry, we were away for a little while. I did a little traveling. You know, I'm back in town. My man Gary holding it down also. So make sure you're following his great work on the globe and make sure you're following OG Washburn Globe on Twitter. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. And we'll wrap it up here on Believe in Celtics brought to you by Ben Online for this week. We'll be back next week. You know, another tough, tough stretch of games. And, you know, no days off as we continue to allude to. But that'll do it here. We'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.